0: Glory, I enjoyed that song. Bless you, Mr. Hayford, for that. Hallelujah. Let's open in prayer, Lord. We just thank you, we give you praise, Lord God. May you speak to us through your word. May you use my voice. May you use me for your glory, Lord God. May this word cause impact upon our lives. May we not leave this sunday morning the same oh lord god but anybody who listens to this message this morning through podcast through sharing whatever it is may they be blessed oh lord god may they be impacted oh lord may they be renewed and revived oh lord may they be delivered and healed in jesus name amen amen so this morning the title of the message is who am I? Who am I? As much as a deep question that is for a Sunday morning, I believe it's something that God has put on my heart to share with you guys. And this is going to be a two-part series. Uh, we'll do half today um, and then half next week. So it's a very ex- existential question. It's a question many people around the globe struggle to answer, right? Many philosophers, sages of the time, they try to help us identify who we are, right? Even if you ask yourself this question right now, who am I? Uh, you will have to sit and think for a while. But I want to give us some foundation this morning. And I want to open up with saying that the only way that a person can truly know who they are is when we know who we are in Christ. That is going to be our foundation. We cannot truly answer the question of who am I unless we know who God is. The reason That this is, is because in order to know what anything is, right? Uh, The purpose, the intention of a thing is when we go back to to the person who created it, right? You would, any machine, anything, a book that is written. If you read any book, it doesn't have to be any book. In order to understand the book properly, If you have a question on the book you would have to go back to the author the one who wrote it everyday vehicle an everyday car right there's cars that we see uh, on a regular basis different models different types sedans four by fours yes right different and each and every single car is repaired differently and handles differently let's say a tesla right If we have a Tesla that is not functioning properly, who are you gonna take the Tesla to? The person who made the Tesla or the corner mechanic who says he can fix anything and everything? I would think that you would rather choose if you had access to that person to go to the person who originally created the Tesla. Amen. So this morning, my aim is to guide us to understand who we are in Christ in order for each of us to get to know who we truly are, to have that freedom to know who we are and let God touch those inward parts, those parts that maybe. We haven't even dared to go near because we're scared to find out who we really are. But I believe that when we know who we are in Christ, Christ will help us touch those places so that we can know who we are, amen, and who God created us to be. Now, I'm not saying that I am not professing or proclaiming that I myself have fully come to that place where I fully know who I am. But what I am sharing with you is some of the things that God has taught me and has truly helped me on that journey. Amen. And please understand it. If you're listening to me this morning, that this is a journey. So do not get exasperated. It's going to take some time because it's a journey. And the more, you know, this morning we, we uh, talked about renewing the mind. The more we are in His Word, the more we learn about God, the more we study this Word, this scripture. To ask God what it says, the more we will discover who we are. Because why? Because we're going back to the creator. Amen. So that's my goal for this morning. It is in finding ourselves in Christ that we are able to have the freedom to know what God is created and why he created us particularly as an individual and to answer the question who am i it was john one of the 12 disciples that quoted jesus saying this in the gospel of john john chapter 8 31 32 particularly verse 32 it says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free hallelujah It's the truth that makes you free. So this morning, I want to lay down some foundational truths that will help us on that journey. Too many times we identify ourselves by what we do. We can't separate our who from our do. And they're different. What we do is not who we are. Okay? We sometimes identify ourselves with our level of education, our outward beauty, maybe the money we have, the cars we drive, our clothes, our drip, right? As we say nowadays, we identify ourselves with these things, but it is not who you are and it is not who we are or who I am. I am not my clothes. I am not the house I live in. I am not my education, my status. I am not those things, that is not my identity. And it shouldn't be yours either this morning. Because at the end of the day, all those things can fail us and will fail us. Our level of education can't bring healing to our body. No matter what doctor maybe you might go to. No amount of money can make you have peace and joy. No amount of car is going to allow you to know what your purpose in this life is. Amen. So let's go to the, so here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to do the, it's going to be six. Okay. I'm going to name the six. This, I'm going to do it um again. So today we're only going to do three. I was thinking of doing all six, but I, I said to myself, maybe we should just slow it down. So we're going to do three and then the other three. So the six are, the first one is going to be, I am the righteousness of God. The second one is going to be, I am a child of God. The third one is going to be, I am sanctified and justified. The fourth one, I am bold and courageous. The fifth one, I am an overcomer and more than a conqueror. Number six, I am a new creation. Amen, those are the six I am's that we are gonna go through. One of the things I wanna bring before I start going to the first one is that it's so crucial to know our identity In the beginning in Genesis, the temptation of Eve and eventually the fall of humanity happened because the enemy was able to attack their identity. He made them question whose they are and who they are. If you go back to that story and read it very carefully, you will see the cunningness of Satan, of that snake, to make them question who they are. I'm going to let you, because if I go into there, it's going to take some time, and I don't want to take up time on that. But the moment the enemy makes us question who we are by trial, by temptation, by our mistakes, by our shortcomings, by what we're not, because that's what the enemy does. The enemy is an accuser of the brethren. He tries to persecute us, to make us question who we are. So I want us to have the foundation. And in, in in your alone time, if it takes listening to the message, other messages, this message, whatever is over and over again till you get it then we need to do that. Amen because he tries to attack us on a daily basis who we are and that is becomes our point of temptation it becomes our point of weakness. So let's go to the first one. The first one is going to be I am the righteousness of God. Yes. And I, wanted to, I want you to say it to yourself as I'm going through this. I am the righteousness of God. All of these characteristics that I am naming are accessed simply through faith. Faith in Christ and his works on the earth and on the cross. If we believe in Christ as our Savior, then all these is who we are. So let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found where in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in the city of Philippi. And he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul was the Pharisee of all Pharisees. He was... The best, the cream of the crop, on top of everything, before he met Christ, he had all comforts, all all things. Everybody saw him as this great. He had a great reputation. But when he came to Christ, he lost all those things. And he says that he counts his losses for Christ. As rather a gaining. And why is this important? Why am I talking about this when it comes to righteousness? Because we have to lose ourselves in order to gain who we are and understand our righteousness in Him. Because we sometimes think that it is in our doing that we receive righteousness right but the more we know who Christ is the more we know who we are in him the more we find ourselves in him but we but we would we will have to let go of who we think we are or who we were in order to get it Whoever you think you are pales in comparison to what God has called each of us to be. And we have to understand that. Because it is in that that we can receive fully the righteousness of God. Because it's no longer what we do, our status, our reputation, just like the Apostle Paul He let all of those go so that he could increase in Christ. And the scripture goes on. Apostle Paul uses very strong language in this verse. He says, yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of what the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Now, The word rubbish here, and if you haven't remembered, Pastor Pastor Stephen has uh, described this word before to us. Rubbish in this verse is a mild way of saying it. Okay, the the scripture didn't want to actually use the word. But the word here in our terminology that I'm going to say is poop. Dung. Yes, so if, you, if we were to turn this verse into our today's vernacular and slang, we would say all that is, this is a family station. I'm not gonna say the word, but you guys understand. It was a very strong word that he used. I have a question. What happens when we hold on to waste. Have you ever been in a place, a public place, you're out having fun with the family somewhere and all of a sudden you have the urge to go to the bathroom, but you can't find no proper place to relieve yourself? How does that feel? How does that look like? What does that smell like? That is how we are when we choose our own righteousness and when we choose to hold on to ourselves and what we think identifies us. You see, he, Apostle Paul, had it right. My prayer for myself, and I hope it's yours as well, is that we get to this point where we count those things just trash, excrement, so that we can be found in him i rather have the righteousness of god than any other why because the righteousness of god does not fail it doesn't fade it doesn't go away it's not it doesn't have any um requirements there's only one prerequisite and that prerequisite is faith it is to receive the gift So we take on instead the new way of calling ourselves righteous. Irregardless of what somebody called us in the past, no matter, maybe there's a childhood, uh, 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 what do you call this? Um, speech, self-talk that maybe you have still holding on. Maybe somebody, or maybe it was yourself. You called yourself uh, dumb, incapable, unable, never to achieve. Maybe there, there's some something in your past that happened, something shameful that has kept you imprisoned to the fact that you will never have right standing with God. But the truth is, when we let it go, like the song says, and we lean on God, we let it go, we receive the righteousness of God that doesn't fade, it's not conditional, amen, but remains for eternity. And we access that through faith. Romans 5, verses 16 to 17. And the gift is not like that which came to the one who sinned. That was Adam for the judgment, which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift, which came from many offenses resulted in justification for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life Through the one Jesus Christ. It is a gift. And it is by that gift that we are able to identify ourselves as the righteousness of God. That means that each and every single person that believes in the Son of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, his resurrection, has right standing no matter what we did this morning no matter what bad thoughts we have no matter what we did yesterday no matter what happened in our past we have the righteousness of god finally not having my own righteousness but the righteousness that comes from christ we are not working or earning this righteousness we have to behave like that thinking of having to behave so that I could feel like I'm right is not of God. We are right, therefore, we behave right. There was a testimony of a man that I heard that was addicted to pot smoking. Addicted to pot smoking. 20 years. It's a story I heard. It's a testimony, a real testimony. And he's a Christian and he was just, he had this addiction. He couldn't seem to cut it loose. He started listening to preachings on the righteousness of God. And one day he decided to start calling himself, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. And over a period of weeks, his addiction broke. He was free from his addiction and free from the desire of pot. You know how hard it is? Because sometimes through our own will, our own determination, perhaps we can break an addiction. But then the desire to want to keep doing that thing can be there. But when... Our being knows that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even the desire, the taste for those things leaves. Amen? Knowing that we are the righteousness of God is important. So I'm going to close with that. Number two, I am a child of God. Now we're at point number two. I am a child of God before I say that we have to renew our mind with righteousness and then also speak it with our mouth that is how we will receive that gift because it's by faith, amen I just wanted to say that before we move to the next point 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 number two I am a child of God We can each call ourselves sons and daughters of God. We are adopted by God into his family. We sometimes do this as a Christian cliche. I'm a child of God, you know, but we don't fully understand what that means because we say it so often. Do we truly understand what it means to be a child of God? Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians one, and we're gonna do verses four to seven. Ephesians one verses 4 to 7. And it reads, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That is a mouthful and a a lot of powerful things that are in there, but I'm gonna extrapolate a few only. According to this verse, it says, just as he chose us, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This means that no one in Christ is a mistake. Nobody lives on this earth without christ allowing that person to live we are not in this we are not in christianity by chance and circumstance perhaps it was circumstance that made you open your eyes to christ maybe it was someone that shared christ with you but it was by no means no accident it was definitely on purpose amen Each of you are a child and called by God, by God's design and God's purpose. That makes me excited. Because no matter what people have said to me, oh, you were by mistake, or you were intentional, but this, but that, it takes out all the buts that this world may have, any buts that tradition may have, any buts that culture may have, any buts that you have heard, and says that you were designed on purpose for Him. Amen? No mistake. And you have destiny, you have purpose, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. And something that we have to realize is that in the world, we have destiny stealers. Satan will attempt to take purpose, cut destiny short, derail us from purpose. That is why it's important to understand that we are children of God. We are adopted sons and daughters of him and we are found in him. The more we root ourselves in the foundation of who Christ is and who we are in God, the more we're able to be free to know who we are because we loose the chains of darkness, We lose the chains of fear. We lose the chains of knowing our weaknesses and instead say, God, this is who I am. Use me the way that you design me. Right? It's no longer anybody blaming us, but rather it is how God created us. And so we are free for God to use us the way that we are because he intends a purpose. Each of us here, no matter what you do, irregardless of what your skill set is, there's also places that you have not yet touched and understood what your capabilities are. The reason you don't know those capabilities is because you haven't tapped into that part saying that you are a child of God, that you are predestined, that you have a father that's there for you. He is also a mother. He is an uncle. He is an auntie. He is everything because he adopted you and he adopted me. Amen. And the devil will try to steal that from us. He'll try to distract us from us. But our stance, our point is to say, I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the Most High King. You don't know who you are messing with. Amen? The next point here is origin. Origin is important. And you know, since God does things right and perfect, he can't give us purpose without origin. He adopts us as sons and daughters. Not only does he give us purpose and destiny, but then he gives us origin. He ad- By adopting us as sons and daughters. It says he predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will you don't need 23 and me to have origin. sometimes we may even be disappointed with those results but God won't disappoint us. Let's allow ourselves to be found in him like the Apostle Paul as we can use him as an example. lastly secondly not thirdly actually adoption as sons of jesus christ what does that mean god adopted us to be part of his redemption plan god loves us so much he desires to not only have forgiveness of sins but wholeness in our souls and being in jewish tradition adoption was not common they believed a person's standing in life was determined by birth. So that's the reason if, that if a man died, his widow would marry his brother. I don't know if you've heard this, but this Jewish tradition, the son born from the new marriage was the dead man's son so that the lineage would continue. This would explain the reason why perhaps... Jesus when talking to Nicodemus used the word born again instead of adoption because it would make more sense to Nicodemus. In Roman tradition, adoptions were very common. Actually, both young men and older men were adopted. Why? Because in Roman times, a man's wealth and land would be left to his sons. But if the man did not think his sons were fit, he would adopt someone to inherit his estate. The adoptee would lose all ties to his old family and take on the last name of the one adopting and be cleared of all debt he may have had before Being adopted. He would basically start life fresh with a new estate and a new wealth. So, if a man could do that legally in the world, how much more God? How much more the sacrifice of Jesus to call us sons and daughters of God, heirs of salvation? This is what God has done for us, so that we would inherit the riches in heaven. He has called us adopted sons and daughters. Never let any man or any person or anything or any circumstance, trial, tribulation, temptation, let you think that you do not have a father in heaven or a father on this earth because he it is your father everywhere that we go and he has adopted you and you have wealth you have things that was one of jesus's temptations he said "Bow that he uh, satan tempted jesus with bow down and worship me and i will give you everything but jesus knew who he was he knew he had all riches in heaven so he had no reason to bow down refused to bow down to any material thing in this world because you have riches in heaven. You are a child of God. Amen. The last one. I'm going to do this one quick because we only have a few minutes left. I am sanctified and justified. I am sanctified. I am justified. Very quickly, sanctification is the process of becoming holy. That's it. Justification is the process of taking away sins. Period. Sanctification is the making of us holy. He makes us holy because he separates us from everyone else. And he separates us for a special purpose. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous Light, We are a roly, royal priesthood. We are a holy nation because He separated us from everybody else for a special purpose. Justification Justification is simply, no, I shouldn't say simply, but it is the cleansing of all our sins. There is no sin too great for God to cleanse. There's no sin. John three sixteen and 17 says it all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved you see God has already died for all the sins of this world so no matter who you are today listening to this message he already has died for your sins all we have to do is believe and have faith in what he has done for you and you will be you can then say I am justified and I am sanctified. Amen. There's that song by Sanash. That I, I don't, I wish I had time. Um, well, we don't have time this morning. I wanted Mr. Heifer to play, but we won't have time. But it's, we are a chosen generation. A royal, it uses the 1 Peter 2.9. And she beautifully puts this song together. So if you have time today, Google it, use YouTube, listen to it. Because it so beautifully puts it together. And I wanted to use her as an example. Because she has truly used who she is, what God has made her to. To proclaim the gospel of Christ. To proclaim and praise who he is and what he has done. Amen. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to stop here. We are reaching more and more dangerous times. And it's so crucial that we know who we are so that we can proclaim it to the rest of the world. It's our holy, holy duty. To do that. Amen? Oh yeah, Mr. Haper is playing the song. So this week, I want all of us to know and get these three down at least. Repeat it to yourself. Know who you are. I am the righteousness of God. She goes into other things. You, you could dance to it in your homes. If we, ha- if we were live, <laughs> I would probably make us get up and dance to this because it really proclaims some of the, just some of the things of who we are. So remember the three for today. I am the righteousness of God. I am a child of God. I am sanctified and justified. When we know who we are and whose we are, the results are that we are grounded, we have peace, prosperity in our soul, We walk in love, wisdom is accessible, and we can handle any difficult situation or trial. And joy will abound in our souls. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, that we have an identity in you. It is because of you, Lord God, that we have a new life it is because of you lord and your plan of redemption that we can call ourselves children of God, sons and daughters heirs of salvation it is because of you lord that we can say that we are sanctified that we are cleansed that we are justified and we can stand right before you lord May each and every single one of us tap into more of who we are and whose we are, in Jesus' name. May you continue to minister throughout the week, Lord God, and touch us, O Lord, you regardless of what's happening around us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you.